The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Dude, that is skied out the straightaway center field. A towering shot. Jackson back at the wall. He'll leap up, and that is gone. Big fly for Mike Trapp for the second consecutive opening day. Yo, what is up, people? It's your boy, Johnny Maggs, back once again for your All Angels podcast. Hey, I'm sorry for not uh, doing one last week. I um, got really busy. I had uh, a lot of things to do with the kiddo. Um, so, tried to get one done over the weekend. Just wasn't going to happen. Got so much going on. And, um, you know, wasn't able to jump on here and get it going. So, figured to, this week I'm going to get on here and I'm going to do one. And I know that um, off seasons can be rough, especially since we're not in the playoffs. Um, 
you know, the Angels fell short. And it just seemed like Houston couldn't lose <laughs> when we needed them to. And the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, I hated them for two days there. And, of course, they won uh, the last game. You know, it's like, pff, freaking Arizona couldn't help us for anything. But, um, you know, it ended, it ended, uh, it ended how we expected it to in this last month and a half because of the fact that that month of, uh, I believe it was August that they had was just ridiculous and, uh, played well in the end. September was really good, but we fell behind too far there in, uh, in August and it was something that we couldn't recover from, um, it was just heartbreaking because, you know, we wanted to have that chance to play in the game that would get us into the ALDS. And, again, we had to rely on other people, on other teams to win games. It wasn't in our own hands, and that's our fault. That's the Angels' fault, you know. Um, the inability of the team to to win games when they had to um, there in, in August was, was horrible. That stretch they had was horrible. And, uh bright spots for the season obviously Mike Trout I mean um there's not much you can say about Mike Trout other than the guy is uh, ridiculous <laughs> the guy is ridiculous um just another MVP quality year um he got a little um he had a stretch there where you know he wasn't himself quite you know but his numbers this year, I believe, were better than last year. He finished with a 299 batting average, just short of 300. Um, he had 41 home runs. The RBI numbers weren't there. He had 90. For a guy that had 40 home runs, um, he only had 90 RBIs. And that's that's people not being able to get on base in front of him. You know, a lot of solo home runs, but still, 90 RBIs. He walk, got walked 92 times. He struck out 158 times, still high. But he makes up for it in other things. He had 32 doubles, six triples, finished the season with 172 hits and 575 at-bats. He played in 159 games. That means he only missed, what, three games? Um, OBP of 402, slugging percentage of 590, and OPS of 991. So Mike Trout finished with a great season. Um, Albert Pujols, his power numbers were there. He had 40 home runs. He drove in 95. But that batting average is too low. That on-base percentage isn't isn't nothing to write home about. Um, you, know, you have 95 RBIs, like I said. Finished with a 244 batting average, a on-base percentage of 307, a slugging percentage of 480, and an OPS of 787. He played in 157 games. Um, did a lot of DHing. You know. It's to be expected, a guy like Trout or uh, Pujols, uh, getting towards the end of his career now, kind of winding down, can't be out on the field all the time. If you can get his bat, his power up there, then that's good. 40, 40 home runs is, is excellent. Um, you just you were banking, hopefully, that he would um, he would bat for a higher average, but we talked about that with Ryan Crow a couple weeks ago. I'm looking at a stat that kind of. Shows me that he's not as feared as he used to be, and it's the walks. He has he had 50 walks this year, uh, compared to Mike Trout's 92. That's almost double. That's crazy. That's that's a stat that tells you they're not afraid of him as much anymore. You know, another another decent season or another sort of bright spot. It's Cole Calhoun's emergence. Um, his batting average is a little low, batted 256, but you know he had. Uh, 
if I look at it, he had 26 home runs and 83 RBIs. And for the most part in that leadoff spot, um, I know there was some times where he got dropped down to fifth or second or even seventh there for a while. But, you know, kind of what kind of like uh, showing us that he can be the one that got one of those guys in the middle of that lineup now. You know, I would have loved to see him bat second, Trout bat third, Pujols bat fourth, you know. Um, David Freeze had a decent season. He got hurt there for a while. Again, the batting averages have been really low. Um, Freeze finished with a 257 average. But he had 14 home runs, 56 RBIs. He played in 121 games. You know, he was hurt. He drew 107. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He struck out 107 times. He drew 31 walks in the season, finished with 109 hits. Um, I'm looking at the stats here. Those are the numbers that stand out to me as far as um, batting, uh, pitching wise. The emergence of um, Andrew Heaney as a quality starter, a guy that we can depend on, a guy that could take the ball, take the hill, and we can pretty much bank on six, seven innings of solid, solid pitching. Um, I can, I see a lot of upside to him, and I can see why the Angels would trade a guy like Howie Kendrick for the guy. Um, he's under club control. Um, he's, he'll be a, 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 a guy in our rotation. Um, we talked about it again uh, with Ryan, Mr. Kroll, a couple weeks ago. That you know, coming into the next season, you look at that Angels rotation. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that we can go. To, there's a lot of guys we can go to. Tropiano, Heaney, Santiago. Um, you got guys in the minor leagues like Newcomb. Um, you know, of course, we still have Weaver. We still have Wilson for another season. You got Shoemaker. Um, you never know what's going to happen too with the. Um, the offseason. Um, one thing that I haven't gotten into yet and we'll get into right now is um, the fact that, you know, we got a new uh, general manager, um, Billy Epler from the uh, New York Yankees. And I'm going to go over his, um, we're going to go over his uh, resume, if you would, if you want to say it, uh, on Billy Epler um, in 2000. He was a Rockies area scouting supervisor for Southern California. Uh, in 2003, 2004, he was a Rockies assistant director of pro scouting and player development. Uh, in 04 and 05, he was the Yankees assistant director of baseball operations. And then through 06 through 09, he was the Yankees director of director of professional scouting. And in 2010, 2011, he was the Yankees senior director of professional personnel. 2012 through 2014, he was the Yankees assistant general manager. And last year, he was the Yankees assistant general manager and vice president slash vice president. So he comes over from a team like the Yankees that are not afraid to spend. Uh, he comes from an organization that is not afraid to make a splash at any time. He comes over to an organization that in the recent years has spent money. So it, he goes from the Yankees to the Angels. Both teams like to spend money. Artie Moreno actually uh, was quoted saying that he does not mind going over the luxury or the the tax for the guy that they want, and, and they've proven to to do that. That's something that I I'm pretty excited about in a way because Epler, you know, although he he was a second guy there, he worked with guy, a guy like Brian Cashman who did his job. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna quote a statement from Artie Moreno. He said, we used a lot of time, energy, and research into the decision to fill this very critical position. 
We interviewed several quality individuals throughout the process. And in the end, Billy's experience in all areas of scouting, player development, and major league operations, in addition to his organizational and communication skills, were primary reasons for our decision. He is energetic, creative, and a tremendous passion, has a tremendous passion for the game. We look forward to joining for him joining the organization and making his impact uh, felt in short order. So it's true. Um, the guy, just from what I read, his resume, the guy has experience in uh, scouting, player and professional development, uh, assistant general manager, and vice president of the team. Um, he came here to be the general manager. So he has one job, and we'll see how he does. I- I'm, I'm excited. Um, you know, um, last year, he, uh, he I guess he went for the position as a um, Padres general manager, and he fell short to A.J. Preller, who another guy who Preller was one of those guys who made a splash, uh, although it didn't work out there in San Diego for him. I mean, he's still there, but the team uh, fell short of many expectations. But uh, it said it's to be – or it was printed or has said that uh, Epler finished second, close, very close second to A.J. Preller for that job in San Diego. So the Angels kind of, you know, needed – something different um i like depoto um i think a lot of the restrictions on depoto were uh, he was handcuffed a lot i think Artie, you know kind of stuck his nose in there a little bit but you know it's it, you know it, it's it, i'm not 100 percent sure but we can hope that with epler he's given more of a you do what you got to do baseball wise and i'll give you the money to do it you know so and here's a, I'm going to read a statement by Epler, and here it goes. It's a quote, I, can, I cannot adequately, adequately express how excited I am for the opportunity Artie Moreno and the Angels have given me. The Angels are committed to championship standards. They are committed to being perennial contender, and many of the pieces are already in place for that to occur. I look forward to a collaborative effort as we look to enhance and advance every phase of baseball operations and development. So, you know, this is all talk right now. You know, it's pretty much things that people say um, to kind of uh, sound good, and it's it's like a, it's like someone who runs for president. They're gonna tell you what they want, what you want to hear, and until they get in office, we're gonna know what's what what's gonna happen. You know, but it, the moves have already been made. I mean, uh, our problem, or not our problem, but a lot of the issues that Angels fans have is. Mike Sosha's um, saying a lot of this. You know, he brings in his coaches. He brings in the players that he wants. And already, uh, Epler relieved Mike Butcher and Don Bader of his duties. Um, a lot of people were calling for Butcher's head years ago. Um, you know, and it happened. It was kind of shocking. Um, it, it went down. And it, it's almost as if we're like, to me, anyway, I'm like, okay, that's a start. It's a start of, of new things to come. Um, whether my social is going to – I don't think he's leaving. We have him under contract for a few more years, and I just – right now looking at it, I don't see the Angels going out and getting a better manager than my social. There's guys out there who could probably do the job. You have a guy like uh, uh, Dusty Baker who's out there, um, but Black, but, you know – I'm like 90% sure the Angels are going to stick with Mike. And we'll see. I think if Epler can get in there and get the guys that we need, make some moves, you know, because we were two or three players short this year. And let's see what happens, you know. 
I'm talking about the uh, the departure of uh, Groove, Don Baylor, and Mike Butcher. Uh, Baylor and Butcher's contracts were near the end of their contract. I think they were expiring. I think they were. I'm not sure how much if they were done yet or not. I don't know if there was an option to pick them up or not, but either way, um, you know, they were both let go. A lot of, like I said, a lot of people were calling for their heads um, before. And um, we'll see who they fill for those positions. I, we've heard a lot of people say Tim Salmon, Troy Percival for the pitching coach, Tim Salmon for the hitting coach, Darren Erstad for the hitting coach, uh, you know, Mark Langston for the pitching coach. You know, I don't know yet. We're, we'll see. I think the Angels have um, – uh, a couple of people who uh, in the system already internally who are, you know, I don't know if they're catalysts or front runners for the position, but I think the Angels have Dave Hansen, who's who I think has been on the team for you know a while, who has a as a hitting coach. Um, he's there. You have um, as far as pitching, I'm not too sure uh, who they who they have. But I know Dave Hansen is a guy who they could probably put in there, um, who has experience with the team. Um, but a comment that I, you know, I'll read a comment from Epler about Mike Butcher. I got to know Mike once. I took his spot here. Uh, we had a very good and constructive conversation. He's articulate. He's got passion. He's got presence. He's got vision. Ultimately, we arrived to the conclusion that we mutually part ways after our discussions. Um there was an actual um, – now I'll read more from Epler, and then I'll read a couple of things from – I know there's a couple of things from Mike Butcher. Butcher. Uh, Epler again said, It was an organizational decision that through discussions, we felt like it was a proper course of action for what we wanted to do. I've spoken with Don at length, and I've asked him to stay on as an advisory role with our baseball operations group and our efforts moving forward. Someone with Don's acumen and with his experience and his eye for talent can definitely be an asset. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's always hard, I think, to be let go and then say, stick around. We want you to kind of be in, uh, just kind of be in the background, you know, take a back seat. That's kind of what it sounds to me. I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Yeah, it says here, Baylor hasn't decided whether to return in an advisory role. Advisory role, yeah but expressed his desire to remain in the organization during an interview in the mid-September saying, I'm an angel, and that's why I wanted to come back here and be a part of the organization. So it sounds like maybe he'll take that spot. Um, you know, it's hard. It's hard to uh, just make a decision. It's going to take some time, I think. I don't think the angels will do it within the next week or two. Maybe in a month or two, they'll they'll get in there. They'll, uh, they'll look at guys who they think fits organizations. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Fits their, not their scheme, but fits a, um, fits what the organization is preaching almost, you know? Um, so, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll see. Um, I'm going to read a, a quote from um, Mike Butcher and it says, I mean this when I say this, this is from my heart. Billy Epler is a quality person. He's going to bring a lot of, a lot to this organization. I heard the passion in his voice, the desire to get better, a philosophical plan that he's going to put in place to where he's going to get the organization back on track. I know he's going to do great things here. I know he will. I respect him tremendously, and he knows that. Um, sometimes it's just time. I think we all agree that it's time. 
I don't have any hard feelings. I have tremendous memories. We had a tremendous amount of success here. We were consistent for nine straight years with our pitching. I mean, nine years to have that kind of consistency in our pitching staff. I'm very happy about that. Extremely happy about that. Um, I know that I know what I bring to another organization. Um, I'll bring leadership. I'll bring personality, some humor. I can be hard when I need to be. I'm looking forward to the next chapter of my career. I'm waiting for it to happen. Um, there's great leadership. And now we have a new leadership at top. I truly believe that Billy Epler is going to do great things. That's pretty awesome uh, for him to kind of go out like that. It's class act. Um, say what you want to say about Mike. Um, he did it for he did a lot of good things, but he also he's a guy to blame for a lot of things. He's a scapegoat, and um, it's just a part of being a coach. Um, you don't your team doesn't do well. It's uh, people are going to start to blame you. Hey, you didn't do your job. Uh, they didn't they didn't go out there and practice what you preached. Um, it's a hard job, man. But for him to go out there and and speak the way he spoke of Billy Epler is is a uh, a class act. Shows that he's a class act, and I hope he does find his way um, to another team, another organization. Maybe if he can get a you know pitching coach role, maybe some kind of you know instructional guy in the minor leagues for another team. Um, so, Mike, I wish you the best of luck. Don also wish him the best of luck in his future ventures. Um, what more can we talk about other than, you know, um, we talked about the few bright spots we had. Um, I just spoke about, um, you know, the departure of, of Butcher and, and, and Baylor and now Billy Epler coming in. Social pretty much staying. Um, I guess we can talk about what we need. Um what I mean, the bullpen I think suffered from the injury to Morin. You know, the injury to Skaggs, having him in our rotation, and maybe bringing down a guy uh, from that rotation into the bullpen. You know, a guy like Tropiano, I would like to see him in a in a if he can't, you know, lock down a starter's role and have him as that other long reliever guy or spot starter. You know, and um, Cody Rasmus filled in great last year for us doing that and. He was injured for most of this season. Um, that was a setback to uh, one of those guys that came in and pitched when one of our guys went down early or just didn't have it. Uh, not being able to go to a guy like Rasmus cost us, man, you know. Um, as far as the offense is concerned, for as good as we did, we were also very, it was a very, a very streaky offense because we could put up runs and then make Joe Schmo look like Cy Young. You know what I mean? It was three days of lining up the scoreboard and three days of letting that egg stay up there, that big zero stay up there. Um, I think just consistency from the top to the bottom would be something we need. Uh, consistent lineup from day to day, one to nine. You know, um, social loves to mix those lineups up. For me, it's for me, it's one of those deals where I'd rather see a consistent lineup day in day out. Go out there and know who's batting. That 2002 team, you had Eckstein, Erstad, Salmon, Anderson, Gloss. You know, it was one, two, three, four, five. Um, Fulmer, Spezio, Molina. And Kennedy. Every day. Every day, one through nine. Eckstein, Erstad, Salmon, Anderson, 
Gloss, former Spezio, Molina, Kennedy. And then when you took Kennedy out, and, you know, Benji Gill would be the nine-hole hitter. Second base. That's it. You know? There wouldn't be that changing of, I'm going to put him to bat third, and I'm going to put him to bat fifth, bat, put him to bat fourth, bat, put him to bat third. I'd change the bottom of the switch nine with one. You know? It just didn't happen. And if it did, it was for one day only, and that was it. You go back to it. Um, but I think having those guys that can do that is what they need. And um, if we're able to go out and get a second base. I love Johnny Giovatella. Um, is he that guy that you want every day in your lineup? Maybe he can prove it again. He proved it this year that he deserved to be in the lineup. But, I mean, I'm saying if we can go out there and get a guy who, you know, okay, this is a guy, <laughs> this guy's better, then, of course, you're going to go get him. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. In my mind right now, I can't think of anybody better. I mean, obviously, like, you know, a guy like Luis Valbuena or something, but I don't know if they're, I don't know if he's a free agent. You know, a guy like, like that or guys who obviously we probably can't go out and get you know but i don't know um i mean if you look at you look at our positions third base i don't know if off the top of my head right now what the situation with freeze is and get out you know if he goes get it go out and get a third baseman shortstop eric ibar has got it locked down left field would be that deal where okay what are we gonna do there because obviously, you know, it was platooned a lot last year. And when we got David Murphy, I thought for sure he was going to be out there in left field every day. And he wasn't. He was the guy who we traded for that did the best out of everybody. And he just wasn't getting consistent play. And when he did, he'd come through. So maybe he'd re-sign him. I don't, you know, I don't know. Who knows? There could be a change. There could be a trade that we didn't expect that's going to uh, change this team. Like, you know, I, I don't even want to... I don't want to get into it. I mean, obviously, Mike Trout won't ever get traded. But what if what if Epler trades a guy like Calhoun for somebody big? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying to do it. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying I heard it that it's going to happen. But I'm saying something like that could, who knows, something drastic could happen where a trade goes down that drastically changes this team. And maybe not necessarily for the, for the worse. It might be great. Who knows, man? Give it some time. Let's see what happens. It's exciting. The offseason is exciting, even though we're not in the playoffs. It's, it's one of those deals where you can't wait to see what's going to happen. You know what I mean? And uh, I hate when I say you know what I mean. I'm going to start, have to start count of how many times I say well, you know what I mean. I hate that. I got to stop it. It's one of those deals where I don't. I know that I do it and I can't stop it. Oh, Anyway, moving along. I know this is an All Angels podcast. But... You know, I didn't really set a format up right now other than I knew what I was going to talk about. But next week, I swear I will. We'll get into maybe I'll do something every week um, as far as um, segments because we don't I don't have games to reference now. But we will talk about right now what's going on in the playoffs. What what a series between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Kansas or in the um, Texas Rangers. (laughs) It was great to see the Rangers go out because. And here's the deal with the bat flip. Controversial. Everyone's talking about the Jose Batista bat flip. All right. Normally, I don't like that in a regular season game. But the intent, I played baseball at a pretty pretty high level. The intent, but not at the professional level. Don't get me wrong. Don't, don't get me twisted here. But I never played professionally, but pretty high. But the intensity between a regular season game and a playoff game are game that determines whether or not 
you advance in a tournament, hey, there's a difference. There is a difference. And when he hit that home run and the whole stadium just <laughs> erupted, I was just, there's no way you couldn't. There's just no way you couldn't. But here's the deal. Just before that home run, the inning before, and they scored that run on that controversial bullcrap, throw it back to the pitcher, hits the bat. Okay, I know it's I know it's the rules. The run should have scored. It counted. But the way the Rangers acted after they scored that run, like they had just won it. You should just jumping around on each other. Douchebag Mike Napoli. I hate that guy. Picking up that uh, Odor and just, just like just, they were all just celebrating like they had just done something. I'm like, wow. And the Rangers are the cockiest dudes I've ever, ever, ever seen. They're just full of themselves. So, you know, of course, karma's a you-know-what. Joey Bats comes through, hits that, just crushes that home run. Bat flips it. Okay, so now Texas wants to, now Texas wants to talk about respecting the game. And that's, you know, Bush League or whatnot. You know what, Texas? You got what was coming to you. After all the times that you guys do that, you guys showboat and jump around and do all that, it's okay when you guys do it, but it's not okay when the other team does it to you, right? Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? Toronto or uh, Texas. <laughs> Boo you. Boo you. Um, but what a series, man. What a game. They advance. Um, the Astros are gone. I think a lot of us are happy. About that because they were the ones that were ahead of us. But who's to, why blame them? <laughs> I don't really hate them. We're the ones that put ourselves in that situation. Um, I really wasn't going for anybody in that series. I don't like the Royals too much. Uh, not not that I don't like their play, but um, personally, you know, they swept us last year, so I kind of hold that little grudge. Um, but uh, I didn't really. I I, would, I wasn't sure who to go for. Luis Valbuena. Who I know personally, I personally personally know Luis Valbuena. Yes, I do. Um, he used to play out here in San Bernardino with the 66ers, the IE 66ers, when they they were the uh, Seattle Mariners organization. And he was uh, became friends with me and my brother, my brother and I, um, when he was a young prospect, and uh, we became really good friends. Um, enough so enough to where my mom would bring him food. He'd come over to mom and dad's house. Use the swimming pool, stuff like that. Um, small world later in my life, uh, after we kind of lost contact with him. Small, small, small world. My lovely, significant other, my better half. Her father, <coughs> excuse me, her father uh, became good friends with him. So my future father-in-law is really good friends with Luis. We got reunited about two years ago in San Diego when he was at the Cubs. We got tickets, uh, free tickets, and we got to go down to the clubhouse and meet all the players. And we got reunited with Luis, and uh, it's it's he's an awesome guy, um, really really cool guy. And Small World how it came back around, and and we uh, I was able to to reconnect with Luis, and uh, we get tickets whenever Houston comes into town um, there in Anaheim. And uh, yeah, our luck this year we didn't have very much luck this year because um, there's a few games where we could have gone. And actually gone down there and meet some of the players and go into the field, into the dugout. And uh, we just weren't able to get there in time. It seemed like we always played them during the week. And that's the toughest time of the year for us because we got the boys in baseball. Um, we're not able to get there early enough because my my uh, 
the missus gets out of work right around 5, 5.30. By the time we get there from Riverside, we get there about 6, 6.30. Not enough time for us to go down to the field and, and kind of hang out. So maybe next year. Um, I'd love for Luis to come to the Angels because then we'd get the hookup. But ah, I'm not going to hold my breath on that one. But um, So I guess kind of deep down inside, and I know you like, might catch a lot of heat for this, but I was just kind of rooting for Luis and, and the Astros a little bit there after we, you know, they're not to blame for what happened. Um, the Angels did it to themselves. So, you know, but I really didn't have a rooting interest in that one. Um, I do have family in Houston. I actually stayed in Houston for a while. So, I mean, I do have a Houston Astros jersey from back in the day. I have a uh, Willie Tavares jersey. Yeah, Willie, I said Willie Tavares. <laughs> um, and I also have a Nolan Ryan throwback Astros jersey, too. Uh, a lot of those, a lot of you people who know me know I have a lot of jerseys. I collect, actually collect a lot of um Jerseys that I like that I remember as a kid, retro jerseys, and I do have, um, I try to collect, uh, me being Mexican-American, I'm very proud of my Mexican heritage, and when there's a Mexican, actual Mexican player who was born in Mexico that plays, makes it to the big leagues, I try to get their jersey, I, I have a few, not a lot, but I'm trying to collect them all, um, I eventually want to get Fernando Salas, uh, I got Giovanni Gallardi's, Gallardo's with the, uh, Brewers, um, I want to get that kid, uh, from Toronto, Osuna, the kids from Sonora, Sinaloa, and I uh, would love to get his jersey. That kid's a stud. Talk about, you know, young relievers right now. Familia of the Mets and uh, Osuna of the of the Blue Jays, two of the brightest young closers in the league. Uh, tremendous, tremendous, man. Those guys are ridiculously good. Um, so anyway, went off on a tangent. Um, National League, uh, them Mets went out and they got those Dodgers, man. Um I know a lot of you go out there and hate and talk, talk and crap on them Dodgers, but hey, you know what? We didn't make it. So I couldn't really talk too much smack. I liked the fact that the Mets won, but I wasn't that person that went out there and went full force on my uh, Dodger fan friends. I couldn't. What did we do? We didn't do anything. So, um, But it was good to see the Mets win. Lucas Duda, Riverside. He's kind of a, he's a cousin of a buddy of mine. Kind of like a cousin, yeah. Um, we actually went to go see him play about two or three years ago down there in, in L.A. when the Mets came down. We we got a chance to get down there and meet him and, and take a picture with him. And um, But I guess his uh, my buddy's stepdad is his uncle. And uh, so I was going for the Mets, obviously, for more than hating on the Dodgers. I wasn't really trying to – I mean, I kind of did, but I had more of a rooting interest for the Mets. And then, obviously, I was going for the Cubs. I want the Cubs to take it all. I want the Cubs and the Blue Jays to go. And from there, I mean, it's going to be hard for me to choose – because I, you know, I don't, I don't hate the, the Blue Jays and the uh, Cubs are the lovable losers that I've always liked. Um, as a kid growing up, I had WGN on the cross country communications cable, <laughs> and I would watch the Cubs eleven o'clock in the AM games here. So eleven o'clock our time, so it's probably what one o'clock their time. But every summer, man, they played every day on WGN at eleven, and I would watch the Cubs play whoever. I watched Mark Grace, Doug Glanville, Sammy Sosa, Scott Service, um, Alex Gonzalez, you know. Uh, so it was – my phone's blowing up over here. But um, got my buddy Mal, uh, Malfonsky from the Re- uh, Blazing Malfonsky Wrestling Podcast hitting me up right now. So it's awesome. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the Cubs go out there and they beat the Cardinals and the Mets beat the Dodgers. So – it's you know other than the Royals, we got pretty much you know new teams out there going for it. You know, 
Uh, Blue Jays haven't been in this position in a while. Mets haven't been in this position in a while. You know, um, so it's good to see fresh, fresh teams out there. You know, and uh, it's gonna be interesting. The ALCS starts tonight. I'm gonna be watching, uh, rooting on the Blue Jays. I'm rooting on the Blue Jays on this one. Um, Price, uh, I, I don't know if Price is pitching tonight, but Price, Stroman, they got a good pitching staff over there in, in Toronto and uh, Kansas City. You know, they got that. They've been on a roll, so we'll see how that works. You know, Ben Zobris has been uh, a guy that kind of has been that. Uh, uh, what's the Daniel Murphy of the of the Royals? You know, Daniel. Speaking about Daniel Murphy, man, for the Mets. Oh, jeez, I'm all over the place right now. I'm sorry, but uh, I'm gonna wrap this bad boy up. Um, next week, I'll have more of a, a format. Um, before I go, though, I want to shout out. I played. Um, Instead of the the normal uh, music that we, you hear every time I I jump on uh, and do this podcast, I decided I'd do a a uh, highlight of Mike Trout from 20, 2015. and I want to give a quick shout out to uh, that MLB channel on YouTube. It's uh, Mike Trout two thousand fifteen highlights, no doubt Trout, um, and you can follow him on Twitter. At Twitter, it's uh, www.twitter.com backslash Blake H Harris. So he's a guy. I'm, it's not my video. Um, using uh, his video from YouTube, and again, it's that MLB channel on YouTube. Uh, quick shout out to also to uh, the ABF, the Angels baseball family, Jason Crew. As always, want to give you a shout out, and as always, my carnal, my brother, my rock brother, um, uh, Anthony Henson. Uh, we, hopefully, we can meet up soon, brother. I know that it's off season, but that doesn't mean we can't kick it. We should kick it and. Uh, you know, uh, have a good time as we always do. We always, uh, we always have a good time. I always have a good time when I get on with, get hooked up and, and, and see Anthony, man. And also Jason, um, you know, Jason's a cool dude and, uh, can't wait to spring training to be honest with you guys. Every time he hit up spring training, uh, we have a good time. We had a real good time last year, Kroom Dog and myself and, and Anthony and a few other people, Eddie, Eddie Colvin from Halo's Nation. What's up, dude? Um, you know, we give a quick shout out to Ryan Crow from the Halos Network. I haven't really been on <laughs> and done anything on there in a while. I've just been super busy with a lot of things. Uh, winter baseball uh, for uh, the 10-year-old. His, his kick started and I coach on that team. And just trying to work on his hitting. He's He's got a uh, he's got a, um, a tendency to cast with his hands. So I'm trying to get him to stop casting, maybe not take that step. Stand uh, kind of an Albert Pujols, just maybe a tiny little toe tap. And then uh, that way he can just focus on just getting his hands through and exploding his hips. You know, getting his hands down and in and just turning his hips. You know, that's that's the, the problem with kids around that age where they, they tend to use all hands and arms, you know. Um, so we'll go with that. And also I want to give a shout out to um, uh, not just Charles Godsey, but... Um, you know the whole ABF. I guess okay. So what they're doing is um, they're doing a uh, jacket ABF jacket drive, and I'll read the I'll read the um, the actual flyer that Charles posted um, a few days ago. It's uh, the first annual ABF jacket drive, calling all Angels family from October first to November first. The goal is to obtain at least a hundred jackets to keep the homeless warm during the winter. What a great great thing to do. They always do stuff like that, man. It's it's awesome. Um, locations, dates, times vary and will be deposited along with, with which ABF admins will 
be your POC. So, I mean, on honestly, if, um, I mean, if you want to donate and you have the funds to donate, contact, um, uh, Jason Kroom or any of the admins at the ABF. I know maybe even Charles himself, maybe Jennifer Tobin. I don't want to speak for them personally, but if you go on Facebook, ABF, the Angels Baseball Family, and just find Jason or find any of the people on there. Just look for this actual post that was posted on October 14th from Charles, and I'm sure that they will give you the information. And even I, you know, even if myself, I'm gonna plan on donating some. Um, I don't know if I have any. I probably do. I'm gonna have to dig through and find some that are still very good quality. Um, but even if I can't, I, I, I can't find any, I'll, I will, I'm going to try to donate some money, you know, maybe that'll help them with other proceeds that might help the homeless, but go on there and it's a good cause. And especially this, this winter, it's going to rain a lot, maybe even ponchos and stuff like that. <clears throat> um, I think anything will help. Uh, these are people who do not have a home like you and I do. And a lot of these people are, are veterans are people who just, you know, are struggling with mental, where you know, have mental issues that they can't help themselves with, you know. So, and then it, it proceeds the whole IE San Bernardino uh, area. Jackets will be donated to the homeless ministry at the Rock Church in San Bernardino. So it's a great, great, um, great thing that they're doing. Please do, donate if you can. Go on the Angels Baseball Family on Facebook if you're on there, or even just contact Jason Kroom, and I'm sure he will be more than happy to assist you guys on where you guys can go to donate you know your used jackets or anything you have that can help the homeless it's an awesome cause all right that's it for me people i'm gonna get out of here i'll catch you guys on the next uh episode of the angels uh all angels podcast and uh i'll leave you guys with more mike trout uh 2015 highlights um you all have a great weekend and a great week i'll see you guys next friday all right take care god bless That ball is crushed. Gone a big fly for Mike Trout. Four one Angels. And that is hammered out to center. Forget about it. Long gone a big fly for Mike Trout. Three nothing Angels. And Trout gives this one a ride toward left center field. Martin moving back at the wall. Gone. Big fly for Mike Trout. He wins the Battle of the Fish. We're tied at two. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Fail Better. David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts.